I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. Money back as a free bet on any championship match on live TV. If you're losing first goal scorer, bet gets a goal. I'm not finished yet, it took me a long time to get here. Both players have, have spoken with each other and, uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. But these fellas will get such a shit shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their houses for 10 years. So the five in a row is still on, Conan. Um, it's just me and you today. Keen's after crying off, we'll say. Will we say crying off there about half an hour ago and I can't find a replacement. So that's why it's me and you. <laughs> can't bear to give Dublin any praise. <laughs> <laughs> but the five in a row is on and we thought, but me and you were there on Saturday. Jesus, the tension was unreal. The atmosphere was unreal. It's been a while since I've been in a, comp- a full uh, Croke Park um, outside of the All-Ireland last year and there wasn't as much actually to shout about and the Mayo fans just bring something extra they almost split the crowd 50-50 there was as much of a cheer for everything Mayo did as for Dublin and in the first half this was a real game you know what I mean it was a brilliant game brilliant atmosphere incredible tension yeah tension is right like do you know the way we always talk about uh, defensive football and you say that the defenders of defensive football talk about oh it's like a chess game and you know, but it's not really that interesting because the team knows not to engage this was one-on-one defending and Dublin always trying to get through. Like So they were always like pressing and trying to make inroads and Mayo were just standing them up and sticking their chests out and you were just watching this for 30 minutes, 35 minutes of proper man-on-man defending. Like, and it was unreal. It was, it, it was brilliant defending. Now, in fairness to both teams, both teams will have 13 behind the ball when they want to, yeah. but the difference, the reason that is is because defenders are trying to give them that extra man to break through the lines and they're bringing their men with them. I think that's the reason... But like, I mean, when Mayo had to defend in one-on-ones, their first half performance of defending was as good as I've ever seen. I thought Mead against Dublin were good. And you see, probably we're talking about these defensive displays to try and stop Dublin and a lot of the analysis is around that. But they turned Dublin over 11 times, I was reading a stat. Now we're talking about Mannion getting uh, turned over by Harrison on a couple of occasions, James McCarthy running through into a, a dead end. We had Ma- our jo- J- uh, Jack McCaffrey getting turned yeah. over it was incredible stuff now Dublin were trying maybe 
instead of using the, some support play, they were merely nearly going it on their own, which you know isn't really going to work yeah. against really good defenders. I remember Aidan O'Shea stripped Fenton at one stage as well and just Fenton. gave everybody all, a big lift. Like. They're all their big players, like. Yeah. It's, and I saw a, a tweet from Aidan O'Mahony. I think apparently Sean Cavanagh must have said on the Sunday game. I didn't watch it because I'd seen both games. Um, Sean Cavanagh must have said Tyrone were have are the best in the business at defensive football. And he Aidan uh, O'Mahony tweeted he was actually on fire on Twitter last night. Aidan O'Mahony. Sean Cavanagh says Tyrone are the best in the business with the la- or in the last couple of years with their defensive play. Does he realise Dublin have won four in a row and Donegal tore them apart this year? This guy amazes me with his analysis. <laughs> and But like, I do take Aidan O'Mahony's point there. There is this perception that Tyrone's de- are the best defensive team. Dublin and Mayo are by far the best yeah. te- defenders, the best defensive teams. They are by far and away. And they're not... They're not playing any men in zones maybe outside of their centre half back you know they're able to stand players up properly and Tyrone can't do that without help <laughs> Kerry can't do it and all the pretenders let's be honest they can't do what Mayo and Dublin do at the back and, and also actually if they played the same way if Mayo and Dublin did what Tyrone did last year nobody would get through them ever it'd be boring games but like it would just be a brick wall that you could never get through because they're so good one on one and then because all the help is so well conditioned and smart and like tactically set up so well like they are by far the two best in the country yeah it was actually interesting did you see Rochford on the Sunday game yesterday like I mean I turned it off the Saturday because you couldn't end up watching Brawley when I was watching it back a little bit and then on Sunday I saw Rochford on it I said oh, this could be good this could be really interesting and he pointed out and I was delighted because this is what we talk about in the show he said what Kerry are doing wrong um, is they're leaving too many fellas outside the zone they're not going in and engaging Tyrone's uh, you know players and sweepers and extra men and he says they're going to have to do that and like that's the way the game has gone now everyone is moving up now to occupy a man and that's what Kerry weren't doing in the first half they were running into blind alleys we'll talk about this in part two but like I mean um, it was interesting for him to say for him to actually point that out because that's obviously what panels are talking about yeah. now let's take those zonals out of the question yeah like, I think I think that's happening even at club level like you know uh, we talked before about how you would always hear managers telling lads to finish the run just on the hope that it'll drag somebody somewhere else so if you're going on support and you're not going to get the ball keep running and full forward because you'll scare somebody yeah. or you'll hear people talking about sw- switching the direction if you're going down one alley get out of there and go down the other like you know and just keep trying those little yeah. little movements but try to get through don't just walk it around the outside yeah try to pull them yeah. through have one outside maybe as the backup but it was actually funny Spillane started on this rambling notion about Dublin and both Rochford and Max says stop talking about Dublin <laughs> <laughs> like they go, Spillane and Brawley are at the same thing whatever analysis they're doing they just talk about Dublin <laughs> yeah. it's like stop it's impossible <laughs> to listen to it anymore but like I mean we're going to talk uh, walk you through the 12 minutes in the Dublin Mayo game it was 2-6 without reply for Dublin this is from the 35th minute to the 47th minute it started um, with a Dean Rock free and ended with a Mannion point from play and I've broken it right down uh, this morning I went through it and just went through how this demolition actually happened so we're going to actually concentrate on that in part two of the of the show um that was the thing. Oh, yeah. So this basically we'll talk about uh, Mayo a little bit in the second part as well. But there's not much to, to say about Mayo, I don't think. Mayo dominated the first half, led, led by two points. Do- Dublin dominated the second half and won it by 12. That's the, that's the difference between the two teams. Mayo just can't put you away when they're on top of you. And that's just that's the reality of it. Some of their matchups were, were poor. Um, Killian O'Connor getting sent off towards the end. 
the camera didn't pick it up exactly. If he flew at him and caught him in the face with his elbow or something, it was a straight red. Mm. As it turns out, he got a second re- yellow, but it was completely reckless. It was almost like a wrestling movie. You go off the ropes and come back and just kind of take a, take him yeah, out. Yeah, and then still trying to disguise it. Like, you know, he, he does that and then tries to run. He tries to fall over first. It looked like he was trying to run himself and then he runs on off off the pitch. But the ref saw it and, uh, and he, he jogged off very quickly as well because the Dublin fans were... We're enjoying that one. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Like, I mean, and then yesterday we had 33,848 at the other semi-final. So it was a, a full house on Saturday. Of course, in the Twitter age, everyone's losing their minds about this. So this is the end of the world, right? So I think Alan Milton last week was estimating 60,000. So there's no doubt it was well below what um, was expected. But like... Is this any surprise? May or Kerry don't go to semi-final yeah. since since I've been following GEA Kerry don't and I've went to college in Tralee and the joke is we only go to the finals. It's on telly. They have a four-hour drive. The tickets are fifty quid. Where's the motivation to do it? Yeah. Like I mean, when you think about it, then you've got neutrals. Like uh, to be honest with you, the first half I thought it was a good game. So I'm not saying neutrals. I don't want to go down on the the bandwagon of saying they're not going because it's going to be a bad game. I'd say maybe Monaghan and Tyrone. You could argue that, but this was a clash of styles. It was it was interesting for the neutrals. There's a big rivalry. I I think neutrals just say fifty quid in you know with people struggling to pay their bills and get through the month, and fifty quid when it's on telly. What's making you go? 50 quid is a lot. 50 quid when it's the day after the game that all neutrals wanted to go to. And a week after the Super 8s. And a week after Travelling the, the country. So Tyrone are a very well supported uh, county. But like, let's be honest, they went on the road, um, they went on the road to Roscommon and then they went on the road down to Croke Park um, as well. So like, yeah. you know, do they, a week after their last game in Oma, can they go again? Like, it's too three qualifier rounds It's too well. much. Yeah, it's too much. It is, and as I say, like I, I'm a neutral and I was just scrambling to get a ticket to Dublin Mayo because I thought that, you know, that was the big one. So that's where I wanted to go and I wasn't spending a hundred quid in two days. Like, And if you go back, I think there was a stat from 2008, was it Kerry played Cork in the semi-final? 35,000 people at it. Yeah. Again, not great, but nothing to Kerry don't go to, to the semi. And it. of course, we talked last Thursday about the the semi-final between our man Kerry in 1982 when there was 17,000 yeah, no. yeah. it's <laughs> like, like one of those ones where it's like it's the warmest day since 1972 you know and it's like one of those stats where it seems like it's the warmest day ever but it's actually the warmest day in 40 years or what something are you like on, that what are you on about I don't know what okay, I'm well about. I think the other semi-final between Offaly and Galway was 25,000 so listen if there was Twitter back then it would be an outrage everything on <laughs> everything on that epoxy uh, platform is outrageous it has to you have to be scandalous and this has to be a joke and everything has to be gone and it has to be a complete and utter extreme let's be honest I'll hold my hands up I've partaken in that <laughs> down through the years but it's, it's starting to since I Changed my uh, my way of using Twitter. Now all this stuff is really getting getting. Oh, them still, my, my favorite platform, Willie. You're not going to talk me out of it. <laughs> okay, so poor um, Niall Sludden. We talked about the yellow card syndrome in in Tyrone. You go on a yellow card unless you're one of the two or three big players on the team, and you get taken off. Poor Niall Sludden got got sewn up by Paul Geeney. We didn't catch the incident, but you could see by the way. Niall Sludden was remonstrating not only with the referee and the linesman that Geeney had had a hold of him he brought Geeney to the they both went to the ground they wrestled of course Morris Deegan takes the easy option and we're all sick of this easy option at this stage I'm sick of it so Sludden gets his yellow card now he he appealed it and complained so much 
because he knows the policy. A couple of minutes later, Sludden's off. Sludden was playing grand, way better than Peter Hart. Do you know what I mean? So you'd feel you'd feel for him a little bit. It's jeez, but like what a what a stupid policy. Like they, they need it, Niall Sludden. Ah, oh, yeah. We know the policy's stupid. We know referees bottling it is stupid yeah. by giving two yellows. Oh, yeah, like, and they're never fit. Lads don't just both grab each other together at the very same time yeah. and do the same stuff. Morris doesn't care. I thought Morris Deegan had a bad game yesterday, but um, he, yeah, he doesn't care about that. He just wants to like deal with the situation and then move on regardless of whether it's just or not. But yeah. but I just like, I know we talked about this before, but like, there's 17 minutes left in the game. Like The chances of Niall Sludden being caught like that again like he didn't do anything in the first place to be recklessly getting a yellow card yeah. so it wasn't he like kicked he's a the risk bad, he kicked the bad point from play if I want to give Mickey Hart some credit yeah. and say it wasn't just for that but like I, I take your point on Morris Deegan he gives a, a lot of um, handy frees Kerry got a good few in the first half just if a hand goes in and listen I was w- watching a game Michael Quinlivan from Tipperary the Dublin Mayo game at the match and he w- we were both talking about that the amount of trick acting from contact now that's in the game is outrageous. And if you tackle anyone in around the chest and you don't get the ball, they're flying their arm back and they're going to ground like they've been clotheslined. Yeah. And so you actually, literally now, putting out an old, you know as a lad's running past you, an old hopeful hand. Yeah. and It's almost like a token gesture because you're actually not going to dispossess him with a, a, a harmless effort like that. They're taking this like you've been clotheslined, yeah. you know, completely. So you can't do it. And... You just have to use your tackling technique now where you're tracking, tracking a man and you have to wait till he plays it and, and knock it. And if a lad's running past you, unless you can hit him with a shoulder or get both hands out, do not throw in with one hand or he's going to ground. <laughs> it's a free. Yeah. Well, I think like, like David Goss probably a good example of somebody who doesn't fall for him. He's looking to see what's a foil and what's not. Like a lot of referees are, are falling for that, like, yeah, as you say, the clothesline act. And you hear the scream as well. So the arm goes across, they pull somebody <laughs> and you just hear, ah! And then the ref just suddenly just gets caught up on it and, and gives the yellow a lot of the time as well. Yeah, like, a lot yeah. of unnecessary yellows going there on. There is, there is. There's a lot of simulation coming into it and they, they're definitely not, um, they're barely fouls, never mind yellow cards. Stephen O'Brien got a black card um, calculated black card probably unnecessary I don't think there was a goal on but at the same time he took it knowing he was on two black cards and three would see him miss the final but he was interviewed as man of the match after the game and immediately went well the one against Mead was absolutely not a, a, a black card so I, I'll be okay so he was in no doubt that he had weighed that up and knew and I've seen the video of the Mead one I hadn't remembered it at the time and it was a farcical black card it will not be a, he will appeal it and he will get off because yeah. that was an outrageous black card he was the one that was body checked not yeah. the other way not the other way around he was attacking he was supporting the play he did speed up because the Meave defenders looking to grab him so he just ran and stuck a shoulder into somebody who's trying to block his run yeah. which he should be allowed to do it's not a non-contact sport no. so if someone's looking to grab you surely you're allowed to hit him a little shoulder Yeah. so that he's back he's back for the final so that's not a, that's not a big deal and if he's not back for the final it would be an incredible miscarriage of justice Peter Hart got off his um, you know to play the black card there's enough mistakes in it now without a player missing an all or the final for yeah. a completely wrong black card so look yeah. I, there's no point in even analysing that anymore he's just not going to he's not going to be uh, he's not going to miss the final and that's I, I, it. I wonder will the Meave Kemp sort of speak up for him and say look that wasn't a black card you know let him play against Dublin does that matter <laughs> does that matter <laughs> no. so listen Peter Keane we, we know Peter Keane uh, is a Yera man and he plays plays the kind of owl, you know harmless Kerry man who doesn't really you know I wouldn't know much about that or whatever but he really was at it again yesterday. He said um, he was asked about the final 
And uh, I t- I, to be honest, this is trying to be too clever and this could actually just wind Dublin up. So I think he's being a little bit silly here. He says, <laughs> it's funny. He says, I left the dressing room below and Shane Ryan was on the phone to Jared Murphy of Vincent, of Vincent Murphy Sports in Castle Island. His big problem was would he get two pairs of boots or three pairs of boots because he'd have the boots worn out so much from kicking the ball out to Dublin. That's what's going to be the biggest problem. We'll come up here in three weeks and we'll do our best. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a classic. Now, like, I mean... There's been smart and cute and then there's almost been antagonistic <laughs> where like, like I don't think Jim Gavin goes down the, ro- the road of pinning up stuff on the dressing room wall but players might read that and go they're taking the piss here they're you know going too far on us being favourites yeah. you know to say we're you know we're going to get hammered when we yeah. go up there or maybe he's being disingenuous as well they might think like you know let, let's actually give him a reason to wear his boots out <laughs> like you know it could be something like that yeah. I do like that Peter Keane always has a, an anecdote in yeah. his interviews he just goes and tells a little story yeah. and it wastes enough time for him as well yeah I love him I love him listen we've loads to get through in part two so we'll finish there and we'll be back um, with some analysis He goes, if you boys are doing God's work, you can do whatever you want in the field. And I kinda, for me, that was a, that was a free pass. <laughs> so, so when you say Mickey takes it to another level, what will he be doing this week? Uh, an extra dag of the rosary. <laughs> you know, Tyrone or Queer Hawks in the final, and a hawk is a queer bird. Okay, so Dublin 3.14, Mayo 1.10. So I want to start off here with 12 minutes after halftime, Conan, because this was, like, I mean, there's not much to analyse outside of that. Mayo very good defensively in the first half. I want to talk a little bit about how Mayo brought nothing to the party, surprise-wise. They played no long balls, no diagonal balls, nothing. So I was very disappointed with how Mayo approached the game and I thought the matchup with Keegan and Conor Callaghan was outrageously uh, wrong. Um, but anyways we'll talk about this 12 minutes because this is what shaped the game the game was over after 12 minutes of the second half and it was like this so from the throw in so this talking about Dublin now turning the screw so this is MDMA uh, Michael Dara Fenton pushed Aidan O'Shea and Michael Dara got a huge fist to us now this was a, f- a planned move because Kieran Kilkenny had run right in under the under the throw in and left the whole middle open yeah. that fist was so big that uh, Chris Barrett gave away a needless free maybe he had to on Dean Rock but he did pull his hand and Morris Deegan copped it and uh, there you are two point lead now down to one and it's a set play off a free and Dublin have their press on so immediately now just after half time you're like oh what did you do? have to do that for now Barrett you know what I mean yeah. that was silly so um Funnily enough, the next kick out, uh, both Fenton and Michael Dara jump together and Colin Boyle wins the break. He drives forward and Paddy Durkin, who was brilliant throughout, had a very, very easy chance. And uh, he, Cluxton punched it out. It just landed on the crossbar and there was no Mayo player underneath it. So that was a huge play for Mayo. If that had gone over, now they have a press on Cluxton's kick out. Mm -hmm. They're moved right back up the field, which is really important. Let's move back up the field and not be pinned in. When you're pinned in by Dublin, 
you're in a world of hurt, right? Yeah. So now Cluxton punches it out. Uh, no one from Mayo is underneath it. Jack, uh, Jack McCaffrey gets fouled. Doesn't wait around with it. Johnny Cooper comes running in, takes the ball, moves it on fast, quickly to Michael Dara, kicks it to Mannion, who gives it to Khan, or gives it to Kilkenny, who gives a lovely hand pass to Khan. And the replays didn't show this well enough because all the replays showed Keegan on the ground. But I don't think Keegan slipped. I think Khan turned his body on him and the hand pass from Kilkenny was in the direction Khan was going to turn. I just yeah. wish the replays had showed it better. So I was actually right behind uh, that, that movement, like where, exactly where Khan was, I was behind it. And it was almost like a Cahill McShane style thing or, or a Conor Callan style thing. They were running out together. Keegan was ahead of him and he sort of gave him the arse. Now, and I the knew ball it. Went in yeah, over the top. I knew it. So he didn't slip like yeah. everyone was saying because I remember seeing that at the time and it happened so fast. And then the goal goes in and Keegan was on the ground. And it, the easy thing to say is Keegan slipped. He didn't. Khan used his new physique yeah. to, to twist him around and it was the angle of the pass by Kilkenny uh, right that's brilliant that you were behind that <laughs> now the two point lead has gone from Mayo to Dublin and we are on 37 uh, we're on 36 minutes right you know what I mean <laughs> and that's Mayo after messing up a chance so now next kick out Henley terrible kick out score a goal watch it happen like you know Dublin have just gone two yeah, points up the contact lower. lens trick yeah straight away you should be on the contact Henley lens Henley grabs trick. the ball runs out and you can take it away from here will yeah <laughs> that's it contact lens trick so Henley bad kick out Howard was across in his own in say the left half forward position covering the that wing and Henley kicked it straight to him tried a bullet one um, Sco- or <coughs> Howard gives it to Scully gives it to McCarthy and then Kilkenny's blocked down and Scully kicks a bad wide so that was actually a let off mm. big time for Mayo so this is at 37 minutes 44 so there's a bit more time uh, wasted Dublin were sloppy with that uh, kick out or with that kick out that they won and uh, but Kilkenny was blocked down and Scully had a bad wide so now but the only problem is they're still being pinned in so the next uh, kick out Henley goes long and Durkin wins it so now Mayo win another kick out mm-hmm. so Durkin wins it uh, but Scully and Byrne now Dublin's tails are up they both light on him turn him over um, and then there was a long period of Dublin possession Mayo are actually defending very well they moved it from wing to wing it ends with Kieran Kilkenny who adds a right bit of injection and it cuts inside the field offloads to Scully point now it's 1-8-8 eight eight and there's three points in it Mayo haven't been doing terribly up to this point you know what I mean like they should have got the Durkin point they'd won the kick out they'd won it, they defended the they defended the Howard the kick out Howard won well and they won the next kick out with Durkin but he got he got turned over so now the next kick out Henley goes long to Aidan O'Shea so you can't outside of the outside of the Howard bad kick out Henley's doing what you would expect him to do now he's going to his go-to man they're three points down so he goes to Aidan O'Shea but Fenton's over on him at this stage and Fenton wins it over to him wins it over him not cleanly but kind of knocks it down to himself he gives it to MDMA then to Byrne over to Mannion who kicks a spectacular point under the Cusick stand so now it's 1-9 to 8 points so then the next one he goes long to Seamus O'Shea see he's going to all his go-to yeah. targets and he's, he's, he's actually hitting targets all across the field yeah. and none of them are working so he goes long to Seamus O'Shea uh, Johnny Small contested it with him um, bravely and Kilkenny came in and won the break ahead of Boyle um, which is not easy to do. He gives it to Fenton, who gives in a long kick pass into Khan, who's fouled off the ball by Keegan, and Morris uh, calls it. Now Rock scores or scores the free. It's obviously a set play. Forty-one minutes, one ten to eight. Uh, Dublin have their press on again. So, like, I mean, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And now, yeah. when Henley's taking all the kickouts now, 
he's nervous you mm. know that he knows why he hasn't gone down I'll never know in any of this period yeah. or any Mayo player it is bizarre really isn't it yeah and it wasn't until Fionn McDonough went down later like it was the first time and I think he genuinely got hurt ah, Kenny well. caught him in yeah, the face by, I mean. by mistake yeah. so he, he actually took a bit of sting out of it because he was down but yeah. nobody thought to do that no no so the next kick out then so you've obviously got the rock points the next kick out goes wide to the wing to Aidan O'Shea but Fenton catches a spectacular one clean over his head Takes the, takes the mark gives a diagonal ball to Khan who gives it out to Mannion who points 42 minutes so see, now you're one eleven to 8 you see that ball right that was unbelievable Khan was actually running across goals when Fenton was winding up and somewhere along the way like Fenton didn't see him switch, switch direction Keegan took off thinking that he had Khan covered and Khan cut the other way and Fenton had kicked it diagonally to the outside of Keegan where Calm won it then it was just some right. it was obviously a work play but it looked telepathic like you know yeah. it was like I'm running this way but you know I'm going the other direction so by the time Fenton kicked it yeah. they're all, see, they're all, they, this is my theory on it you should always make a run towards the wing but break back into where yeah. you wanted the scoring zone so if you're making dummy runs you don't make a dummy run in and then get out of there yeah. like I mean comparison to uh, James Carr who had a good first half but like I mean he needs so much coaching all his runs go to the wing so he kept going until he was out in 45 Owen, yeah, yeah. So like he needs ball close to the goal. And if Horan had listened to me, they played him and Aidan O'Shea on the edge of the square and just give Dublin something else to think about. But anyways, so now, so that's the point by Mannion on 42 minutes. There's seven minutes gone. Now, because Mayo haven't been able to get out of their half, even a point from play, the press is on because all the Dublin players are in position in Mayo half. Mm. Do you get me? Usually yeah. you can only do it. But because they're just being pinned back and they haven't been able to stretch Dublin back, all the Dublin players are in there. So the press is on big time again. Um, Aidan O'Shea is the target this is under the Cusick stand so he's gone to the Hogan stand Aidan O'Shea he's gone to the Cusick stand Aidan O'Shea he's gone up the middle to Seamus O'Shea um, they all run underneath this one and it, uh, Fionn McDonough runs onto the break so Mayo uh, end up winning that free kick on Fionn McDonough and I think Killian O'Connor kicks it wide does he take a 1-2 and, and put yeah. it wide the camera didn't quite get that so Mayo had won that kick out so now Mayo are pressing uh, Cluxton because that was a free that Killian and they were all in position. So Cluxton's forced into kicking long. Kilkenny's his target. Kilkenny doesn't uh, catch it clean, but it drops down and Scully wins the break. Then Dermot O'Connor comes in, dispossesses him, but then inexplicably just runs down a blind alley down the sideline. James McCarthy, Scully dispossess him. So now Scully's, uh, Scully's on the ball. It ends up being a pretty slow Dublin attack, which ends with Killian O'Connor fouling Cooper. So there was a, a long... Uh, period of possession from Dublin they moved it over back Killian O'Connor um, caught Cooper high and then from the free here uh, Kieran Kilkenny gives a diagonal ball into Khan and it's a goal Mayo incidentally when you see the, the replay of that from behind the goal Mayo had three covering players on the other side it must have been Mannion they were watching Khan how Khan ended up with a one-on-one from a free yeah. in there that was very poor for Mayo and very out of character yeah and like there was like, because Johnny Cooper was protesting with the referee as well because of the nature of O'Connor's tackle so there was time to loads of time yeah. and, and they know the ball's coming in and they know the Con and Mannion's tails are up so Jesus get get a couple of bodies in front of them like make them kick long or go short yeah so exactly so now that's 2-11 to 8 right and we're on 45 minutes so there's enough time for one more play so Henley kick out Higgins wins the break so they won that Durkin kicks um, into Cluxton's hands so in, in, funnily enough Paddy Durkin who was so good and Durkin's chance into Cooper's hands this time was a really easy chance mm. for a right footed kicker so he Durkin had a big part in that Mayo uh, kind of period of 
been demolished, really. If he'd gotten, sure, if he'd gotten the first point, it wouldn't have been a con goal. You yeah. know, what I mean? it just like I mean, I know you look back and nitpick, but it's not like Mayo Mayo only got up the field twice or three times. They got up the field three times in that twelve minutes. Durkin with two really bad wides, and then the free Killian O'Connor uh, missed. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's what comes off those misses. But that's like you know, and coaches I'd say all around the country are probably loving the fact that Dublin punished them from that drop ball, that like the goal, the oh, first the goal. goal hand, because that's it? all you're ever told: put the ball dead it's because it kills everybody. Yeah. You lose oxygen, you're chasing, you're out of shape, and Dublin just showed exactly how to punish it. So now, uh, oh yeah, so then the last one is Henley kick out. Oh yeah, Cluxton or Durkin kicks into Cluxton's hands. Dublin attack is in trouble. It's going. I think it ends up with Fitzsimons who's getting bottled up. He hand passes it to Kilkenny who kicks a crossfield ball and opens the play up completely. Gives it to Scully who gives it down to Mannion who kicks a completely individual score. Bang. 2.12 to 1.8 after 47 minutes. Dublin, talking about turning the screw, it was incredible. Funny enough in the stats, right? So Mayo had eight kickouts in that 12 minutes. Mayo won four, Dublin won four, right? Mayo did nothing really with theirs, although look, two of them ended up with two bad wides. Dublin won four, Dublin had one kick out and they won it. Now, what's very interesting in this uh, period of 12 minutes, you talk about quieting down Jack McCaffrey. Who are the men you need to quieten down on the Dublin team? Jack McCaffrey, Fenton, uh, Kilkenny and Khan. Right? That's pretty much it. Mannion probably as well now and maybe Cluxton. They're turning into real... So Jack McCaffrey. Fenton's involvement in that 12 minutes. Two kick outs won at vital times. The ball to Khan for a Mannion point and the ball to Khan for... Uh, for being fouled so four huge plays now he was involved in other build up play but they're the four huge yeah. kind of plays that he was involved in Kieran Kilkenny who I didn't think had a, had a great game <laughs> like it's incredible and that's a big mistake Mayo made Kilkenny Keegan on Kilkenny and Barrett on Con was the obvious thing to do that we were saying so he passed to Scully for a point by taking on his man and opening up the play he passed to Con for both goals he was a kick out target for Cluxton at a clutch time when Mayo had a press he changed the direction of play when Dublin were going nowhere for the Mannion point and he won that breaking ball ahead of Boyle and gave it out to Fenton who gave it into Con for the free. How many, how many, like we're talking about big plays, that's about seven big yeah. plays in that 12 minutes from Kilkenny who you might try to see oh Kilkenny didn't score. Yeah. That's madness. What Kilkenny does to that team is incredible. He's a leader, he never stops and he gets on loads of dirty ball. Not ju- like I used to criticise him about the hand passes and he still does that the odd time mm. but not nowhere near as much. Yeah, he's so um, important. He's important. so important and he's the one Keegan should attract. Con involvement, two goals, out of the very top drawer, foul for free, pass to Mannion for his point. You know, so four huge plays. They're three lads. Jack McCaffrey didn't do anything of note in there. Those three players ran amok in those 12 minutes <laughs> and you're done. And Mayo don't have, Mayo don't have anywhere near the, the level of those three players. Yeah, but what would you have done? Would you have put Barrett onto Con? I was yeah. wondering were they worried about the pace of Con and Mannion so they needed I Harrison. I, I don't think Con scores that second goal if, if Barrett's on him. I, he doesn't turn him that easily inside. Yeah. Keegan's a fish out of water. Right? Keegan's a brilliant man marker. Listen to this and you have to understand I played wing back f- until I was 23 at Intercounty and a bit less at club. Uh, my man rarely scored on me wing back. Why? Because he was chasing me all over the bloody mm. field. If you think if Keegan just man-marked Dear McConnelly without ever going forward and messing up Connolly that yeah. he would... This is it. Keegan's not an... He's not uh, an inside defender. I don't care what anyone says. Not on the, the top level of a, of a yeah. Conor Callaghan. 
Yeah, it's cornerback. It's a specialised position. It's a specialised position. And I don't think Barrett would have been turned in the one... Keegan was goal side of him. He collected a ball. There should not be a goal on there. It was poor defending by Keegan. Yeah, I think... Keegan's obviously an animal as well but I think Barrett for the first goal would have stayed goal side of him as well whereas Keegan probably got too excited and Callahan used his experience his skill and his strength just to butt him out of the way and run on inside yeah. I Over, think Barrett might have been a bit more less eager to get out yeah, to the ball you know and trust his strength and the ability to stand him up the way the way Harrison does like, and I know Mannion got the better Harrison but Harrison did all you could on Mannion I thought Harrison did well on Mannion yeah. now Mannion got five from that's playoff it, like, yeah. you know but that's as good like some of the Mannion points were out of out of uh, out of this world you know what I mean James Horan said after the game a team uh, uh, a team like Dublin are always going to come at you and they really came at us we were on the ropes and we didn't deal with it well you're bloody right you didn't deal with it well now because that's 12 minutes of non-stop yeah. pressure and no sting being taken out of it. Like, I mean, Jesus, at this very top level of a team experience like that, how did they not try to break this up in yeah. some way? And we've talked before about, you know when you get on top and, and you sort of rattle the team, so what Mayo did in the first half, and we said about changing something then at half time, so the other team, when they tried to make adjustments, you've come out with something different. But Mayo didn't come out with anything different. No. So Jim Gavin, he did really well, but he knew that all he had to do was tag Killian O'Connor and tag James Carr because the rest of the team <laughs> were all middle third players. It was Ruan, Durkin, McDonough. Like all these boys were in the forward line. Yeah. They were going to play around the middle third. So it was just those two who were tagged. And then if you look, I put up a picture on Twitter, Dublin's formation for every kickout in that 12-minute period was 4-5-3. They had four at midfield, five across half forward and three in full forward. Yeah. They came in at 12 of the outfielders yeah. to attack in the kickout. So even when Mayo won, like they did four times, they were being hounded like Patrick Durkin was because all these men were up for a squeeze and they could do that because Mayo didn't have enough up top. Yeah, they didn't have enough. And like, I mean, this is the thing. When you do, I saw your screenshot and it was when I was looking back at the 12 minutes, there are some Mayo players free in that yeah. for a short one. But when you look at there's almost a triangle of Dublin players in close enough to them <laughs> in that every if, if, section. If if Henley goes short to, to say Boyle is in that little pocket of space, by the time he collects that yeah. in his hands, there's three lads on him and that is a no go. Yeah. So you know they have the press and the zones so perfectly worked out that they're willing to leave a few, you know what I mean? Because they're, they're their men then that are free are covering really more important yeah. zones out around the 45, you know, the two wings. Yeah, no, like, and it was like Jim Gavin obviously deserves a lot of credit there, but I think Mayo could have changed something a little bit. And like, when you looked at the Dublin fullback line as well, you had Fitzsimons, Byrne, and who was it? Johnny Cooper. Yeah. Like, Aidan O'Shea would have been perfect to go in there for 10 minutes just to see because... Like, Why did they not do that? <laughs> but like, seriously, because you have to remember... Stephen Rutchford and McEntee and Donny Buckley got close to Dublin in two years. They had an Andy Moran in Player of the Year mode. They had a Lee Keegan in Player of the Year mode. They were a much better team then, Mayo, in 16-17 than they are now in 19. They played a much better kicking game in Tandy Moran because they had a target man. Mayo had no kicking game yesterday outside of a kicking a kicked car who makes all his runs to the wing. They had to bring everything through the hand. If you bring everything through the hand against Dublin, while you have loads of energy, you might get a few scores. And when you think back of Mayo's scores in the first half, they were spectacular by Boyle. You know what I mean? They were a free, a spectacular by Killian O'Connor. Shamey O'Shea outside the boot. O'Shea outside the boot. Those kind of ones. But you're not getting it off your bread and butter, Killian O'Connor and Carr. You know what I mean? Killian O'Connor Carr got a point each. Con and Mannion got two five. 
you know that's just clearly the difference they had Mayo had no kicking game inside that is ever going to hurt Dublin and we know that Dublin's potential Achilles heel which was on view up in Oma which has been on view in the league against Kerry which is on view in the league against Tyrone their Achilles heel is an early ball into the full forward line because they leave you one on ones if you run it through the hands Dublin will get 12 men behind the ball and just fade back and when you get Dublin at that point you cannot beat them throughout yeah. how did Mayo expect to beat Dublin without a kicking game in yeah and to be honest like I got overexcited I thought this was on like because Mayo were ahead but in hindsight they're obviously defending against the best attack in the country and doing so well but not only do they have to do that they have to then all of them get forward because that's the game plan for attack yeah they did not follow a similar pattern to nearly all those Mayo games where Mayo came out hit Dublin so hard dominating the game Dublin got enough scores to stay in touch and then Dublin won it in the second half that was kind of you know like I mean only this time Dublin uh, just put Mayo completely to the sword and that was it like I mean that was it well, like I was suggesting last week to play Carr Carr's a big lump of a fella I think he has more football in him than I thought he did Wh- when he can score and he's a big lad why is he making runs to the wing it's, what are you going to get off that yeah. why is the ball not going from the middle of, or from the half hard line diagonal and when he's collecting that he's collecting on the top of the D or inside the D he has to and if Aidan O'Shea was in beside him, the sweeper will have to follow uh, Carr and then you'll have a one-on-one. The last time Aidan O'Shea was in there, the sweeper was just doubling up on Aidan O'Shea. So if Aidan O'Shea does that, and like when Aidan O'Shea was full forward the last time, it was, it was uh, Philly McMahon marking him and, Killy, and Keen O'Sullivan doubling up on him. Two big physical fellas. Dublin had none of that. Yeah. It's actually beyond belief how they yeah. didn't use him in there. And the only time you thought they might use him in there is like a last throw of the dice. Why would that not be your tactic and say this will really surprise yeah. them there and Carr as well say don't be breaking to the wing we're going to give the diagonal ball like Tyrone did with Donnelly and Sludden and cause Dublin problems. Yeah. yeah, It's mad the tactics Mayo came with if we're being honest. Especially because they had Seamus they had uh, Ruan and they had Jeremy O'Connor so they didn't always need Aidan O'Shea out of midfield. Yeah. And it was as you say it was the first chance they would have had to actually those Dublin fullbacks are obviously great players but they're not as physically imposing as Philly McMahon or yeah. Keane O'Sullivan so I'm really surprised he didn't even try it for 5-10 minutes Yeah, go in there and we'll put one in to see yeah. what happens now if, I suppose Fitzsimons would be a fairly big fella like he's not the way, he's, he'd be he, he's actually a very tenacious player Dermot O'Connor I don't know what they were doing with him how did he last on the field as long as he did he <laughs> wasn't at the races at all uh-huh. Like which there's no criticism of him how could he be at the races like he had a wrist injury so he would have been doing all the training the running well, everybody knows there's a difference between training fitness and match fitness. That's why it's yeah. called match fitness. Yeah. He'd have, he wouldn't have had very little of that. And then you have training match fitness versus Croke Park at 82,000 people where your legs are feel like jelly yeah. and you're just not at the pitch of it. He wasn't at the pitch of it and lasted the whole game, which mm-hmm. I found uh, strange too. Yeah, it's not just running. You're being tackled. You're you're tackling yourself. That's all the energy sapping stuff, and you have to keep producing that. So, as much running as you do, it's not always going to like, sort of pay off for you. Yeah, no, exactly. So, Jim Gavin, just to finish up in this game, he said. <laughs> Um, it's natural enough that it opened up uh, it opens up and we ask the guys to back themselves and the skills they have and be true to that that second half performance came from the learnings of the first half and that's a very important thing as well How and that's why I was saying that Dublin are so good at regrouping in at half time mm. that why not throw them a swerve ball before half time and have their half time fixing something that's not actually going to be yeah. you know what I mean am I overthinking it or is that not smart stuff to do no or like if you're not going to throw them a swerve ball before half time 
bring it straight for the second half because they have been learning at half time yeah. and fixing things yeah. but now what they're fixing is no longer an issue anymore yeah. and you've brought something different that's it and here's uh, Jim says their game intelligence is really high we can't play as a coach and a management team we just give them the framework and they execute the, execute the skill set this is very much a player driven team I can imagine the way they talk in the dressing room I'd say Kilkenny is a brilliant football brain yeah. I'd say Fenton has a brilliant football brain Keen O'Sullivan has a brilliant football brain even though he wasn't playing um, you know all these lads would be given their tuppence worth in the dressing room then the management team would come in and they'd talk about it together and we need to do this do you know what I mean I yeah. can, you can imagine it you've been in dressing rooms yourself and s- some players are good at this kind of thing the management stand out then they come in and give theirs you know and you kind of figure it out so th- you should just give them a swerve ball before half time <laughs> yeah. and give them a complete or else just start with Aidan O'Shea full forward and for the second half com- you know go with something different you know Yeah. but I, d- I, d- I definitely do think that without doing that um, Dublin are too smart at fixing fixing issues right and they I are. suppose and then like, almost like Kerry they completely opted as well in the second half you know what I mean they turned the screw and that was it you know and Mayo didn't have any answers um, you know I think that the 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 days of thinking Mayo can beat Kerry now unfortunately or beat Dublin unfortunately are are over <sighs> they're still a big player like I mean we're not going to go down the Joe Brawley line of of saying that they're gone on this old nonsense they're not gone because they're a top three team that's still like, <laughs> but their chances of beating Dublin I yeah. think that's gone that's always a stupid thing people like question whether that's them finished or not yeah. like yeah they, they might be finished the chances of beating Dublin but they're automatically the top four teams in the country next year Yeah, so they'll probably be a big player again especially come Super Eats. Yeah, the big talking point from Kerry Tyrone um, is it's almost a game of two halves Tyrone could have been out of sight at half time incredible stuff 118 to 18 points and it was 9-5 at half time and how Kerry turned it around you can point to the substitutions you can point to just upping the intensity Where, why was there no intensity from the start they were running down blind alleys in the first half Stephen O'Brien like just I was thinking at half time geez, this Stephen O'Brien's brilliant but this isn't a game for him because you can't just be taking lads on against Tyrone you'll just get bottled up David Moran was taking too much out of the ball they were all taking too much out of the ball David Clifford couldn't get on any quality ball and even actually in the second half he changed his game to floating around the 45 and not really being a target inside they had no target inside in the first half so like I mean probably because it was being well blocked off or whatever but, and then they were playing a sweeper Paul Murphy was a sweeper and he's dropping off Frank Burns which, and Frank Burns got the freedom of the pack yeah. and here's the thing we've talked about this before and if Dublin played that if Kerry played that Paul Murphy sweeper against Dublin they'll be they'll be absolutely destroyed they will be ap- because a sweeper only works if you're kind of flooding the middle third where the ball going in is crappy and the sweeper you know has a chance yeah. if you're not flooding the middle third which Kerry don't. Clifford doesn't bother tracking a man. We know that. We, you could saw, see it clearly on the camera yesterday that if you're not atta- swarming that middle third with bodies and getting hands on and you're letting a lad saunter up, the ball will go diagonal and the sweeper is ineff- ineffective. Yeah. So it was irrelevant. It was completely irrelevant. You need to be able to either stop that diagonal ball with, by getting loads of bodies in around that 45 to midfield area and then you can play a sweeper and then have no real options yeah. other than go through the hand or else... If you're playing the way you are, you have to man up all over the field and not allow Frank Burns that easy yeah. passage right through the middle. So tactically, Kerry was a disaster in the first half. It really was, and you're bang on. Like, I actually, the first 15, 20 minutes was when Tyrone were really destroying them. And 
I actually didn't even realize there was a sweeper. It was one of the most irrelevant uses of a sweeper yeah. I've ever seen because, like, McShane and Donnelly just kept winning ball, and there was not even a double up or any, you know, there wasn't like a second man coming and tackling. There was nobody stopping them winning the ball, and because there was no pressure on the middle third, like, yeah, the, that's a good point about the forwards having to come back and flood the middle third. They have as well. to. There's no and pressure. That's not Kerry's game. So Tyrone, when they got like into those middle third areas because they were able to overrun them. They were able to just stand and wait for McShane or Donnelly to get free, and they're such big lads, and you just play the ball in front of them yeah. or above their head a little bit. And I thought I thought it was going to be a massacre. I thought Dublin would win. There were four up at halftime. I, th- I thought Tyrone would win mm. by double that. I thought they'd win by eight. Ronan McNamee was doing really well in Clifford. Hamsey was doing well with Geeny. Connor Myler was following Sean O'Shea everywhere. He he gets the Kilkenny job against Dublin, but Myler's good at that. Um, Stephen O'Brien was being marked by Kieran McGeary, and Cassidy was on Moran. So they were doing, you know, they were doing. Um, they had all their matchups right. Tactically, the game was being played on their terms, in that they were defending with more bodies than Kerry. They were giving great ball in. Kerry tactically were all over the place, and at halftime, you were thinking, "How can Kerry get back into this game?" I didn't see a way. I think Eamon McGee tweeted out at halftime saying Kerry are playing like a team who haven't watched Tyrone all year. Yeah, and it was that way. Like they were just, as you said, running into them, defend, like you know, going one on one themselves, not one on one, one on three usually, until they lost the ball, and then just leaving Tyrone all the freedom to kick ball into these green patches. Yeah, where Donnelly and McShane were just ripping them apart. That's the thing. Peter Keane said at ha- or after the match that the first half was very tactical. I suppose. Yeah, you you can sing that, Peter. <laughs> he says. I suppose we kicked a lot of wides in the first half, which didn't help our situation I think they were down at around a 30% conversion rate and then went up around to 70 or 80 in the second half which did make a difference but like I mean I do uh, think Rochford's analysis at half time was absolutely right not enough of the Kerry backs wanted to come up and engage the Tyrone extra men and Tyrone I didn't think Tyrone were massively defensive like I mean they they defended in numbers when Kerry were very slow building it up but sure Dublin do that Mayo do that and Kerry were very slow and ponderous with their attacks and unless you can move the ball fast with intent, you won't beat the covering Tyrone players. And yeah. Tyrone, were, like, there is very little really when you look at Dublin, Mayo, Tyrone and all these, uh, they'll all end up in the same position. It's just, there's a small kind of nuance to how they get there. Do you yeah. know what I mean? That's probably it. But like, most teams are attacking with everyone and defending yeah. with everyone. It's up to you to attack faster That's to it. not allow yeah. them to defend Kerry with everyone. Kerry gave them time. Like, yeah. and, and most players nowadays, at any level, will, if they have that time, they're going to flood back because yeah. they're conditioned enough and they know that they can make a difference. And if you're, especially if you're half forward and like, you know, there's a play is so slow and they're coming back out and people can see you 15 metres away like you're never going to stand and watch yeah. them like, you'll so trip you back, back and you'll face them go yeah. aside and that's the obvious thing like I mean so what happened in the second half then to change it right so Mickey Hart said they were up for the challenge up for the fight as the game went on that became very apparent fair enough so d- you don't want to say it was just pure intensity from Kerry but that absolutely had a part they were now diving on balls they were like their lives depended on it the substitutions absolutely helped Sherwood was excellent a good physical man able to break through a tackle Gavin White was good and then on 50 minutes Tommy Walsh came in and he that was a huge change because not only was he able to win um, primary ball Brian O'Bugley who didn't work at all as a half forward it was madness he went back half back 
and Crowley went back on Donnelly and they took um, they took Foley off and Morley went on McShane a lovely little break from Morley who was you know having a great battle from by McShane or against Donnelly um, Donnelly slightly shading it although Morley's a dogged sort of a fella himself and Foley did as good as he could I think on McShane who was getting beautiful supply of ball and is pretty much impossible to mark when he gets ball like that but that was the that was the that was changed that probably changed the game comple- completely because it meant a reshuffle yeah and I wonder were Tyrone really preparing for Tommy Walsh especially Tommy Walsh at wing forward he came on against Mead yeah but like you know that that would be ugly like him going back like that was a big thing completely different animal now as well yeah. like you know Tommy Walsh is on he won like two or three kickouts of Kerry's kickouts he won two kickouts like, yeah, yeah and won two great balls for assists for points yeah. like they're again they're big plays you yeah. know they're big plays in a game we talked about that with yeah. Dublin and then just gives him that platform and it gives Kerry the option of turning around and picking passes into Clifford and Guinea who really stepped up for him in the last 10-15 minutes it, it just switched the momentum and that, it's good that you picked out Jason Foley because I thought there was a nice irony, but this is what's happening now with the best forwards. We talked about Harrison and Mannion. Like, Foley did well on McShane, yeah. but McShane's still going but to score. Not, but McShane scored, what, three from play, four? I think he got a late four one. Play, yeah. But, like, li- literally, right? So you're going out to Foley the next day against Mannion. And if you say you keep Mannion to three or four from play, you've done your job. This idea that you're not going to keep these top level forwards, no. it's, ma- it's, it's impossible. So I don't think there was any huge problem. Sometimes when you're marking these top level players, you have to suck up the three points, yeah. four points. And that was always the case. We never put any defenders under pressure. You have to keep Bernard Brogan scores. That's never going to happen. Yeah. And if you try to do that, then you'll, you'll scramble the minute he gets a point. That's like you limit their monster and we'll try and score it the other side. Like if you, if you want to keep Mannion scoreless then you can bring 15 behind the ball and make sure Mannion doesn't score you won't win the game but you yeah. can do that but the, the payoff is you limit him and we'll try and win the game at the other side that's the thing that's the thing so Kerry were slowly but surely eating into the Tyrone ter- four point lead until the goal changed everything right? I mean Tyrone in fairness before the goal went in McShane had a terrible wide from a free he had a bad wide from play and Donnelly had a really bad wide off his left from play like when Kerry were chipping into their lead, that's when then Tyrone that deflated Tyrone. They were they were already kind of there was a Pep and Kerry step. They needed those points to keep that three four point lead, and that yeah. started dwindling. And then you had the Stephen O'Brien goal, which came from uh, uh, McGeary, Kier McGeary um, turnover, a stupid hand pass. Um, and interestingly, McGeary was on Stephen O'Brien. So when McGeary was out of the play after losing that, no one took responsibility for Mark and O'Brien. And it was funny, Aaron Kernan sent me a screenshot of the O'Brien goal last night. There were seven Tyrone players standing in and around uh, O'Brien. Two of them rushed out to Guinea. So that leaves five in and around O'Brien and none of them took responsibility yeah. for for. Uh, for Mark and O'Brien like I mean that is unlike Tyrone yeah. and again maybe that's the zone system well that's not my man you know that's McGeary's man I don't know like I mean at this level you cannot have that attitude but how O'Brien got in there in fairness like I didn't see a goal on like maybe the difference county players in club I, I just thought Ganey's going to stroke this over and in my that's head, the killer instinct I know like and he held he, he delayed and delayed and yeah. kept looking and, and I thought he overcarried it actually at one stage <laughs> I thought he just overplayed it I thought, like, yeah you know, overplayed just, it just yeah. get rid of it like you know put it over what are you doing and he just kept waiting for something to open up so I know if I was playing there I might have just relaxed thinking okay, he's got it he's going to score he's got yeah, nowhere else to go could be an element of that because sometimes when you think a point's going over you switch off and yeah. say 
that's it. So yeah, you could be down because none of the throne lads wanted to follow O'Brien yeah. at all. And nobody even looked, looked at Blockini really because he had the space to put it over and he just turned and waited and, went and then popped it into space and O'Brien just exploded. Yeah, and exploded. And finish as well. He started to move obviously. It was a brilliant finish, yeah. yeah. It was a brilliant finish. So like, I mean, he came into the game then and was able to get two points. Towards the end of the game then it was you attack, we attack Tyrone. In that kind of a scrambling game... Uh, aren't that good do you yeah. know what I mean when it's a point for you point for us that's not what they know but in fairness they stayed in touch with Kerry while the game was like that but like you know I don't know you just couldn't see Tyrone getting the goal at that stage yeah. I saw Niall Morgan had pushed up into midfield for one of the kickouts as well just obviously trying to get more more yeah. men forward like for one of Kerry's kickouts sorry but the, the McShane free that you talked about I actually had a bit of sympathy for him because as he was about to kick it Deegan was shouting at him telling him to watch where he's going really because the players you could see them all pointing every time they're all tuned into it now because Dean Dean Rock on Saturday robbed some unbelievable yeah, frees, but, or, uh, yards yeah but when Killian O'Connor was taking it all the Dublin players were pointing where it should have been taken from do you know so they were yeah. trying to get into the referee's mind I think they did get into Deegan's mind because he's shouting at the player who's about to take a free and then McShane sort of stopped and pointed and then didn't set himself again and do his routine he just Try to strike it and hit it wide. Then right. you know, I think I can interrupt the player. Yeah, no, maybe maybe you can. Peter Hart then kind of had a half goal chance. It was thrown across from McShane, and he got a weak hand to it. Mm-hmm. And not sure how, whether he could, but he could have got a better contact on it. Maybe or gone with two hands. But I suppose he was running away from the goal. It was hard to generate power on it. Last was being held. I think. Um, yeah, probably could have still tried to get it away and. Yeah, the one hand was going. To, it was going to be a big effort, like because it had to be the keeper. The keeper had time to shift across. Yeah, so it actually had to go back across let's the keeper. Back across the keeper. Mm-hmm. Thomas Sullivan did really good, and Peter Hart. And let's be honest, there's another big game. Peter Hart I was has better to you were going to say this, really. <laughs> no, but seriously, count him up. It's not against Peter. We know he's a very good player, but like, I mean, the list is growing now. You know, you have to do it. McShane and Donnelly did their part. You know what I mean? Are you a big player or what are you? So, like, I mean, that's the the way I the way I kind of look at it. So, like, that's it. Tyrone uh, yesterday was there since two thousand and eight. It was their eleventh uh, chance or time of playing Dublin, Kerry, and Mayo, and they've lost yeah. all eleven. Which that's incredible. Like, I mean, and we all tipped Tyrone. And when you think back on it, what were we basing that on? Like, I mean, they're continually, continuously not able to beat those big three. Yeah, like, and I thought this was the time they were going to step up to be one of the big boys because that's who they keep losing to. But and to be honest, I still don't really understand how exactly that game got so far away from them so quickly. It seemed to be a bit of a not meltdown, but like, they, well, it was a, f- a domination for a whole yeah. half by Kerry, you know? Yeah, um, but it was a domination for a whole half by Tyrone as well. Do you know? Yeah. And I thought, I thought like that was a game that they they could have, and they'll look back and think, for God's sake, like, how do we let that one go? I don't think Kerry destroyed them by any means. I think they switched off for the O'Brien goal, and that was the difference in the end. Yeah, it was. Now, in fairness, Kerry got a lot of easy uh, soft frees in the first half. Um, you would say they got five points in the first half two were from play two were soft enough frees one mm. was I think McGeary left a hand out and there was another one and one then was the Niall Morgan given to the kick out to Paul Gini you know, he oh to Gini Gini who obviously did try to chip yeah. in there there's no doubt about that he <laughs> yeah. tried to put it over him but he just caught it a bit too uh, flush and then there was a 45 by Sean O'Shea so she's Kerry like it was a domination in both halves by both teams it's not often you see that yeah no I was still thinking like I know we're saying uh, how do we think Tyrone were at that level or could beat Kerry but Jesus, like Donnelly and McShane are so exciting. Like, there's not a duo like them. Like, Mannion and Connor are obviously better, but 
these two, they're so physically imposing. They're, they're both so skillful for being that size. They're fast, <coughs> strong. They can win any type of ball. I genuinely just hope that Tyrone persists with these two. Now you are full forwards. We have a good team outside of that. I, I honestly think they could be competing in three, four years' time, like or over the next three, four years, for an All Ireland, and I really mean that. Right. Okay. So they, maybe they need to add another player or two up there. But like, I mean, if you were to tell me McShane and Donnelly would would run a muck. You know, or do really well. You would have fancied throwing big time because that was yeah. th- that's how people remember. I said if if Donnelly and if if McShane yeah. stays inside, I won't tip throwing. But and Donnelly and him stayed inside the whole time. Donnelly got frustrated towards the end and started coming out. You yeah. know, like I mean, um, and that was it. But like, I'm not sure where Tyrone uh, go from here. We might talk on Wednesday show um, about Mickey Hart and his future. So you no, know, Sean Kavanagh had some words to say about that. Um, last night so we'll talk about that on Wednesday but look we'll leave it there from the analysis Conan we'll come back with Paddy Power performance of the weekend Dear, great to finally get to interview you yeah? oh, really yeah <laughs> <laughs> you, you, why you, is it great why do you not do many interviews I don't know really yeah, I must have been asked to do a whole while really yeah have you ever rang me I know we spoke about the defensive side of things. If you're coming in and you want to be, if you want to be the Woolly Parkinson and and just play for myself and an in, in intercounty corner forward isn't just hatching inside either. He's, no, you know, no, he's, no. Uh, unfortunately for you, Woolly, it won't last forever. You can ask ex-players that. You can ask your, you know that yourself, Woolly. Yeah. Um, Mine never started at yeah, all. Well, <laughs> that's, that's neither here nor there. So Paddy Power performance of the weekend. It's hard to know who to give this to um, because there was a lot of uh, really good performances. First nomination is Conor Callaghan. So two goals from play, um, set up scores, got fouled for scores. Um, the two goals obviously were were the changing of the game and there are two goals of the very, very highest quality. Like, I mean, showing the eyes one way and going on the near post twice. So he didn't just he just bluffed them twice. Yeah. Like I mean, you can't blame Henley for for not uh, for falling for it because like I mean, a goalkeeper would very rarely dive the near side and leave yeah. the other side open. It just doesn't happen. So like you just put that down to absolute Con O'Callaghan brilliance. He's showing for ball. He absolutely didn't get bullied by Keegan. If anything, it was being bullied the other way around. Keegan had a bad miss in the second half, and Con wasn't far, wasn't long about telling him. He wasn't long about reminding him when he scored the two goals. So we know Keegan plays that kind of on the edge game and get tries to get inside someone's head. But physically, Con was having none of it. He's just a different prop. He's a different proposition. I have to admit, two years ago, I didn't see him turning into this type of player. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a real animal. Like, yeah, <laughs> the, the shaved head does go along with it. Yeah. Like, and but he has everything though because he's a very very intelligent player. He's a good ball winner and he's a brilliant finisher. Like there's not much else that you need. Yeah. And he's patient. Like we've seen him, he can play half forward. We know he can do that. He never once like you know dallies out to half forward, tries to get a handy ball. He waits inside and he wins tough ball. Like that's probably one of the most important things. Like yeah. you see every foot you said about Matty Donnelly there, Killian O'Connor obviously does it all the time. When anybody's not winning ball, they go out and he just stays and stays inside and actually he just wins ball all the time in there anyway. Dirty, tough ball to win. And then he yeah. tries to do a bit of skill or power <laughs> past somebody. And got burst by Henley too, bravely went for a yeah. ball and got, got up got back up. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I suppose when you're playing well, you, the last thing you want to do is go off the field. But like yeah. I mean just there's not much more you can say outside of absolutely incredible the 
the core strength on him is one of the most sort of striking aspects of him. Like he genuinely, every time he gets the ball, he's looking to see if he can get him for goal and looking to see if he can burst a tackle, no matter how many people are around him. And it's because of that core that he is able to break so many tackles or yeah. come back out. No, he's unbelievable, and he's ably assisted by Paul Mannion, who got five from play. So he was um, unbelievable. He scored a point with his right foot in the first half. Then he got points from both sides of the field in the second. Mm. So, you know, the day of just running out your own wing, like, I mean, these lads, Khan and Mannion, are over and back that line. They're making runs, they're coming back, they're checking. And, uh, like, arguably, you'd be saying the ball Khan got, say, off Fenton in the middle of the goals and then shipped it out to Mannion, who was wide. I would have thought maybe the, the smart thing there was for Khan to turn and score himself. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I the the points from under the Cusick stand and under the Hogan stand, like Dublin don't usually take them on. I think Mannion has now been given a pass by by Jim because he's so accurate. And because Mannion wants to step up, I mean, he was saying in an interview last year that he now felt that he was about time he was the the main man. You love that attitude from mm. someone. But it's not very often at all you see players other than Mannion on the Dublin team trying to score yeah. from there. Like he's the new Connolly in that way that he's allowed to do things that yeah. the others are not allowed to do. And the rest of them know, like even if they probably could score themselves like Conor Callahan, it's the percentage pass to, they play it inside or play it to somebody else or hang on to it. Whereas Mannion's just striking. The, one, the last one against Harrison, I thought the one on the left was class under the Kuzik stand, but under the Hogan, when Harrison was standing him up well, Mannion was actually facing diagonally back out the field. Dummage went back, Dummage seemed to yeah. go further away and just struck it over anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Harrison was tired at that stage. Yeah. Like, I mean, he, he, he held him up fairly well and he, he, I'd say he had nothing left. He was like, he'll hardly, he'll hardly swing it over from yeah. here. You know what I mean? Almost give him that chance and then it was over and that was it. There's not much <laughs> and, more you can do. And then do Harrison got, like, he had to go on to Con then when they moved Keegan out. So it's like, you know, we're giving you a break off Mannion and go on to Con O'Callaghan there for us. Yeah, yeah. We, t- we talked about Kilkenny and Fenton in, I actually, to be honest with you, I didn't actually have Kilkenny yeah. in performance the weekend until I look back at that 12 minutes and then I'm like, geez, I need to watch Kilkenny a bit closer. He's doing scary? all sorts of work. Yeah. yeah, that is frightening because I, like, I went away didn't think of Kilkenny the whole game yeah. and then I watched those 12 minutes back under instruction from you but um, <laughs> I watched them back and I was like Jesus like he's so involved all yeah. the time and yeah not just like you know he's not paying lip service he's not hand passing it off he's making something happen yeah. around the middle yeah he's a very Jesus. smart player very smart player Fenton scored 3-8 so far in the championship I said it Fenton needs two markers against Kerry Fenton needs to be tracked by Jack Barry in the first half now Jack Barry's done well on him before and then bring on Dermot O'Connor and say you man mark him in the second half Blads don't have the engine we told, I told this story last or two years ago with, poor, with Kieran Lillis um, on the show <laughs> yeah. each player and I've said it 101 times Kieran Lillis is a dedicated fit midfielder and he tracked Fenton down the Cusick side flat out tracking him now this is in the middle of the second half and Fenton had given the ball off or scored or whatever and Lillis's immediate reaction he went down on his knees to catch his breath and Fenton went three quarter pace back out to midfield with his chest stuck out <laughs> it's like about this lads <laughs> this, this is not normal yeah. so it's, he's just it's just it's freakish how and you look against Cork you look against Mayo late in the game he still loads of energy his man is is bollocksed you need you need a half each. You need to use one of your subs because this lad, we saw the four power plays in that in that time. I'm sure I'm not even mentioning his goal, obviously, outside of the power. Yeah. This was only in the 12 minutes. This isn't Fenton's influence, although he was well tracked by Ruan in the first half. So that may, maybe even proves my point. Ruan had enough energy to track him in the first half, keep him out of the game. But then in the second half, 
Fe- it's like just a start of a new game for Fenton whereas the other lads are just yeah, getting tired. doesn't drop. Like yeah, He's at the back of that, obviously, the press, but he's in the middle, so he can go either side. Whatever kick out goes, Fenton goes. <laughs> Do you yeah. know, so there's no getting the ball away from him either, because yeah. he can eat up that much ground. Yeah, and and another thing with Fenton, which has to be pointed out, is how positive he always is mm. on the ball and how he wants to move it on through the foot. We've said this before. Again, with these Dublin players, it's hard to find new things to say about them because they're, you know... They're, they're winning matches and dominating matches for so long now it's hard to find a new angle um, to kind of talk to them, talk about them Paddy Durkin I have down here for performance of the weekend um, for keeping Jack McCaffrey quiet he deserves a nomination he scored twice um, the two in, the two misses at the start of the second half though he'll he'll be haunted by them that would have been four from playing Jack McCaffrey blotted out of the game this is yeah. like would have been performance of the ages and the importance of those two misses. The goal came off one and the other one was at a time that was desperately needed. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I think Paddy will, he'll look back on it and go, God, he'll be, he'll be kicking himself now. Look, those two, Dublin were going to win that second half anyways. Yeah. But at the same time, if Mayo had, could have just stayed in touch for those 12 minutes instead of being blown out of the water and it came into a battle, you know, I'm sure Paddy will be thinking about, you know, those scenarios and maybe feeling a bit bad about it. But in general, he had a brilliant game. And in his last six championship matches, he's marked six players. He's held five of them scoreless. He scored eight himself. Um, he marked Jack McCaffrey, Ryan McHugh and Shane Walsh. They were his last three. Mm. Jack McCaffrey, Ryan McHugh, Shane Walsh, all scoreless. And you're scoring eight off them. That's unbelievable. And he's nine to four to win an All-Star. There you go. Nine to four to win Nine an All Star. to win an All Star. You're buying money with that one. Will I you? think somebody actually tweeted me that last night. That's uh, obviously a Paddy been, Power Roger. It might have been Enda Conway because he could <laughs> have been. Yeah, he texted me actually. Yeah, yeah that's me. who it was. Yeah, he did. Um, so David Clifford is the next one. Um, five points, four from play. Uh, again, doing a lot of looping. Not did got completely different points than he did against Mayo down in Killarney because it was obviously a different game. He had to come out get hand getting points from hand passes do you know that kind of mm. way kind of been thrown back out to him and stroking him over a couple of wides thrown in there that'll just tell you a couple of wides off his right foot he'll be he, you know he'll, he'd expect to 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 get love the way he celebrated the, the one of his points in the second half I think his second last one went to the Cusick stand and gave it a big uh, fist love that about Clifford he likes to although like I mean he seems to be a crowd please you know what I mean he, he seems to get carried away in the game the same as you might watching it. Yeah, I like the bit of dog that him and Sean O'Shea have as well. Like they're just, you know, they're mean too. Like they like a bit of a, a bit of a scrap. Like you know, I think you probably need that as well on some level. Like the two of them love getting involved in it. Oh, they do. Yeah, yeah. and Gini likes getting involved in it too. There's devilment in that Kerry forward mm. line, and Stephen O'Brien's no angel as we saw towards the end. So listen, we're not going to analyse the final, but <laughs> I did say Kerry were the only, were the were the team that had the puncher's chance, and now with Tommy Walsh. Surely Kerry will do what we're saying all year like, and start launching a few high balls in on top of Tommy Walsh and have Clifford in around him and have uh, Gini off him. And th- This is the way, this is the way, if Kerry could keep, or if Kerry could keep Dublin to 3-14 like Mayo did, now their defence is nowhere near as good, would you back Kerry to score more than 3-14 against Dublin? I don't know if I would. Like I, I don't know. I, I don't know what keeps Dublin going. Like, <laughs> oh, Merton came on, Johnny Cooper was at it too, but like, Dublin have won four All-Irelands in a row. They're 10 points up. There's two minutes left against Mayo. Cooper's giving it to Andy Moore in his ear. Owen Merson's in Killian O'Connor's face or somebody else's face. And they're stopping him taking the free. And you're like, why do they care so much? This state of mind that they're in. Like, they're such winners and they're assholes about it. But it's it's, it's obviously great for them. It makes them even better. 
I, I, I don't even know if I could see Kerry scoring that much. And I was going into this Mayo game thinking, I, I laughed at the odds that like the, the Mayo plus five. I thought, geez, they'll definitely, like, you know, double won't beat that spread this time. You double this. Yeah, they doubled it. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, I do think Kerry will definitely give them st- stuff to answer more than Mayo, Mayo yeah, yeah. And, and better than any other team really because they had the forward line Tommy Walsh rolled back the years he's only 31 he came on against Mead and played uh, fairly well Tyrone were two up when um, Tommy Walsh uh, passed it to David Moran for that point and David Moran had kicked a bad one before that mm. but Walsh gave it to him in a much uh, better position and then he assisted David Clifford uh, four minutes later after winning a nice primary ball he's such a big man he's out in front um, he didn't win any ball over his head they were kind of ball yeah. bouncing in front which will keep Dublin guessing as well because that ball from the obviously they can't mark from the front because they could get the diagonal one and they, if the mark from behind Tommy Walsh is more than happy to come out and collect one into the chest and lay it mm. off either side so you know he has it both ways he won two kickouts and he got fouled at an important time I think McKiernan actually uh, punched him in the face that time half when he was running past him under the under the Hogan stand um, but yeah that was it so it was a brilliant performance by him and let's be honest his substitution really changed yeah. uh, Kerry's fortunes he lifts the crowd as well doesn't it like they love to he see does. Tommy Walsh come on it's hard to know. I think he could start against Dublin. Remember the Kerry-Dublin game in Tralee when they beat them? They launched ball from fecking outside the 45 in there. Kerry aren't stupid. Kerry aren't stupid. I sure think Mayo were tactically were a little bit stupid. Kerry, Yera now down They're in just Kerry. They're going up to go up to play a game. And Peter Keane <laughs> is wondering how many pairs of boots to buy, sh- or to buy sh- <laughs> Ryan, Ryan in midfields because he's just going to have to keep kicking it back out to them. Um, Carl McShane is the last one. Here's the thing about Carl McShane. Uh, he chews chewing gum during the match. Did you notice that? <laughs> no. And Michael McKiernan, the wing back from Tron, chews chewing gum during the match. I can't comprehend this at all. That could go down your throat and choke yeah. you. I remember hearing a story of that years ago. Somebody chewed them when they were playing football and chewing them scarred me for life really yeah, I'll never do it just. right but they're, they're, they're chewing something unless it's tobacco maybe or something <laughs> like that I don't know um, here's another thing from Cottle McShane in the first half when he, he handed off I think was it David Moran coming in that's yeah. a foul that's not rugby you can't push someone into the face to propel yourself the other way it's a foul that should have been a free out do you remember the one yeah no I know exactly what you're talking about yeah. Um, yeah I remember Tommy Walsh used to he didn't hand off people he just sort of held people when he was running he yeah. held you with his right hand and ran with the ball in his left that's hand that's different but, but I've seen handoffs being blown up in GEA you can't put under one hand and a lad's coming to tackle you push him away from you it's, 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 it's against the rules you can't push somebody away you can't push anyways in right. general I didn't know uh, that it's it must be such an effective tactic though. Well, he, oh yeah and the way he pushed it was almost in the face but he pushed to propel himself towards the goal which was <laughs> as good a handoff as you're ever going to see he wasn't just pushing away from him he propelled himself yeah. that way so I thought that was interesting I think Richie Donnelly deserves a, a mention there as well good. he was yeah. very good and I think in the second half when Tyrone needed lads to stand up he was pretty much the only one that was standing yeah, up and he was playing some nice balls he was playing the best balls of them all in as well some of them were a bit aimless but it didn't seem to matter with those two boys inside but he was always hitting a diagonal one curve in their chest yeah no he definitely was giving in good ball and I have, I have a feeling he fetched one over David Moran's head as well which I couldn't believe right. my eyes when, it, when I saw oh, it oh that was unbelievable yeah. that catch yeah. yeah he came from behind he hung in the air above yeah, David Moran above David yeah, Moran he hung there for about a second longer on him and incredible as he caught it he twisted like a ballerina before he dropped like, yeah, yeah. Great. okay Richie geez, you're definitely in there after all <laughs> After all this right Paddy Power performance of the weekend um, who am I going to go with it has to be Conor Callaghan doesn't it yeah. you're talking about the two game, the goals that killed off the game and all the other good work he did in it as well and shipping heavy heavy tackles keeping going and roasting a player like Lee Keegan who 
Um, let's be honest, Keegan actually got the goal when he went out in the half-back line. They made that change, obviously, yeah. on Con, didn't they? They moved Keegan out. Who did they put down? So Harrison went over to Con, and then somebody else picked up Mannion. I can't think now at the minute. Right, that was it. I thought I had maybe had that written down here somewhere. But anyways, it doesn't make too much difference. But Keegan got the goal, and it just highlighted what Mayo were losing from having Keegan in there. I know, it made like, it even worse. Like. That's why when you're giving him the man-marking job, give it to him in the half-back line or midfield. And then you get you you have Keegan using all his going forward powers to mess the others the other player up, and that's how he's winning these battles. Yeah. Not it's not necessarily sure. Look, when he went in on Murphy, he had to be taken off him. He's not yeah. a full back. He did well on um, he did well on O'Neill, Rian O'Neill against Armagh when he went in on him. But like I mean, I don't know that ball dried up completely into him, and mm. he's a big fella that wouldn't have that same trickery that you know a proper inside corner forward. Would yeah, have. this is like this is the best corner for one of the best corner forwards and Dublin playing on your forty five. <laughs> you know, so picking passes yeah. and doing completely different. The only thing I'm wondering would Horan would Horan have thought. Will they put Keegan on Kilkenny? Because Connolly's gone out of the picture now. So Keegan, Rochford and them identified Kilkenny as the next in line to Connolly. And would their management team have gone, well, I'm not going to copy them. I'm going to think, you know what I mean? Or maybe did they say, we don't think Kilkenny's as important. And they put Boyle on Kilkenny, which when you look at the 12 minutes and Kilkenny plays... Was that the smartest thing yeah. to do? You know, like I mean. But anyway, we're going back into matchups now but in performance of the weekend. Remember Tony McIntyre said that down in Westport um, before the Donegal game, I suppose. But he said he doesn't think they'll put uh, Keegan onto Murphy because that's what Rochford would have done. Yeah, uh, something I like that. I think managements yeah. would think like that. Would think a little bit like that. Like let's be our own men. Yeah, you know, and let's think of it ourselves. I'm sure they would. But like, there's a time you just have to go. Look, that seemed like the right thing to do. Kilkenny is the the heartbeat yeah. in that half forward line of the team, no, and that's it. Yeah, it wasn't working. Khan was obviously destroying him, but yeah, he lost Keegan out the field. Yeah, like showed that he. So had. now you've lost Keegan. Moran's not around, so you've lost two Player of the Years off your team, mm. pretty much. So what chance have you got when you actually look at it? You know, they were doing well to be even leading at half time. Um, right, Paddy Power performs of the weekend is Conor Callaghan so congratulations to Con. I'm sure he's won it before I'm way behind on sending out these uh, lucky pants I'll do it when all the championship's over I might try and get someone in to do it for me and <laughs> have to go back through all those shows anyways if I can swing someone else to do it I will but I probably have to do it myself right we'll talk to you we'll bring you a show on Wednesday we'll talk, to, talk about some more uh, talking points we'll talk to you then good luck The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power Money back as a free bet on any championship match on live TV. If you're losing first goal scorer, bet gets a goal. I'm not finished yet. It took me a long time to get here. Both players have, have spoken with each other and, uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. But these fellas, they get such a shit shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their houses for 10 years. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. 
Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.